you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. Agreement. Whenever there's agreement, something's birthed. And this can work for us and it can work against us. Because if you watch this, if you agree with a thought that you're worthless or useless then that can then become your reality as a negative stronghold starts to be developed within your life, within your thinking, within your reality. Because when you agree with it, how many of you have ever been told you you were useless? You were bad? You ain't going to make it? Come on now. Right? And how many of you agreed with that? And you become your own living proverb. You become as bad as they say. You become as useless as people have thought. You become as, as, as locked into that negative situation as everyone said that you were going to be locked into. Once a junkie, always a junkie. You believe that, you're going to stay a junkie. So when we agree with something, it has an effect. When you agree with another person, it brings peace. It births peace. Can all the married people in the house say hallelujah? Amen? I learned long ago that it's better to agree with Vicky than disagree with Vicky. Because when we agree, there's peace. When we disagree, and sometimes it's about disagreeing about what we're watching on TV when we've got a little bit of time off. Because Vicky likes watching emotional drama stuff. Right? We'll be there, I'll be chilling out, I'll be trying to chill out after a long, hard day. I'm sitting there on the couch, Ronnie's there, he's chilled out, that's our dog, our little French bulldog, Ronnie. He's chilled out, he's sitting next to Vicky, she's on the couch, she's got the remote, she takes control of that thing at night. And she goes, boom, she puts on something. And it'll be about some child getting kidnapped or, you know, someone's wife being murdered or... You know, or she'll watch some mad program where police are, 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 are doing stuff in cells and they're going into crack houses. And, and she's sitting there like all chilled out watching it. I'm getting anxious. I'm getting all messed up. I don't want to watch some child being kidnapped. I don't want to see that stuff. I want mind candy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I want some random thing. Some fantasy. <laughs> I've had enough of reality. I've been dealing with that stuff all day. But, praise God, we can have contest. We can have discord. So I agree. Just watch that then. Praise the Lord. No, you do it, love. Yeah, you watch that. It's cool. And then I'll sit there and I'll read my book. But agreement with a person brings peace. But when you agree with God, it brings power. Once Jesus was talking about this stuff to his disciples... And this is really important stuff for us going forward as, as, as Christians, I believe. It's really necessary in the day and age that we live in. And he was talking to them and he first told them how he expected them to deal with disputes and disagreements. Because how many of you know where, 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 where anyone comes together with other people, there's always going to be a disagreement. There's going to be a dispute, right? It's just natural. It's just how it is. Because we're all unique individuals. We have our own mindset. We have our own mentality. We have our own likes and wants and desires. Some people like the music loud, some people like it soft. Some people like it long, some people like it short. Some people like it hot, some people like it cold. Right? There's always going to be disagreements and disputes. He said this in Matthew chapter 18. Turn with me 
to Matthew chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 15. He says this, watch this. He says, if another believer sins against you, oh, is that possible? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Help me out. Come on, I need a bit of interaction in this message. How many of you, another believer, has ever offended you? Some of you never get offended, right? Or is it just that some of you never put your hand up and own up to anything? How many of you are Christians? All right. Then how many of you have been offended? All right. It's what you do with that offense. Every one of us, you come into church. Why is it we come into church and then all of a sudden we start losing it when someone does something less to us than they would do in our workplace and we say nothing but in church our heads fall off and we want to take our tithes and leave the church. Well, that person spoke bad to me. That person doesn't like me. Are you with me? People at work don't like you. You just, they're just workmates. Your boss probably doesn't like you. But you ain't just going to just cut out just because of that. That's immaturity. But sometimes, you know, the things that we put up with at work, on a football pitch, my goodness, I was watching my son's under-16 team yesterday, right? And all the testosterone's flying around. They was pushing each other around. Telling people that I'm going to kill you. He's 15 years old on a football pitch. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, but they still got on and at the end of it, they all shook hands and, eh, all right, son, you're all right, bruv, yeah, lovely. They didn't say, well, I'm, not, I'm never playing football again. Sometimes the bus driver doesn't ask you how you are. What are you going to do? Never take the bus? Well, I'm not going to come to church because it's full of hypocrites. You get on the train or the bus that's full of hypocrites. You eat in the chicken shop that's filled with hypocrites. But we come to church and all of a sudden our heads fall off. Jesus was telling them, listen, it's going to happen, right? How you deal with it is really important. He said, if another believer sins against you, put it on Facebook. Block them. If another believer sins against you, never take their messages again. No. But how many of you know that's what people do? And then we wonder why there's all sorts of madness taking place in the world. If another believer sins against you, go privately to that person and point out the offense. Very simple. You would think that that would be very simple. You've offended me, can we have a chat? That takes a little bit of courage, doesn't it, to do that? A bit of conviction, amen? And how many of you know we, we, we try and avoid anything that can cause conflict? We're normally conflict avoidance people. But you never ever overcome anything by avoiding every conflict, right? Ever. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure psychologists will echo this. But if people have fears, you know, big fears and phobias, what psychologists tend to try and do is to get them to voluntarily confront them. Because that's the only way you're going to overcome that thing. You can't avoid. 
offence. If you just take offence and then just take it in yourself and do nothing with it, it's going to birth something else. You're going to agree, begin to agree with the offence or begin to agree that that person's an idiot. They're useless. They hate me. They deserve hell. But Jesus said, go to them alone. Speak to them. You know the amount of problems I have solved just by having a conversation with someone? Some people want to go all crazy. They want to get, people want to come to me, right? I'm the last port of call usually when people's got some drama. In fact, now probably God is the last point of call sometimes when people got drama. They go to social media, they go to their friends, you know, they tell everyone else, they gossip about it, and then they come to me. Pastor, you know what? I've got a problem with such and such. What are you going to do about it? You know what my answer is to them? Nothing. I ain't going to do anything about it until I find out one, one thing. What? Have you spoke to them about it yet? Well, no. I thought I'd come to you and you could deal with it. <coughs> Wrong answer. Go and speak to them because it might be that it was a misunderstanding. It might be that it was just someone said something that you took the wrong way. It might be that something got twisted. It might, how many of you know there are spiritual realities and enemies in the world that try and twist what people say and what people hear and think so that it can cause division and mess up the church? It might just be that if you went and spoke to them and they said, no, I never said that. Or no, that was out of context. Or no, I, I, I didn't mean that. Or no, I'm really sorry. I was having a bad day. Oh, okay. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Done. Dealt with. Over. But he says, if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was having a bad day. Get some bad chicken. I was hangry. Needed some chicken. Hadn't had no caffeine, you know what I mean? I woke up with too much blood in my caffeine stream. I said something I shouldn't have said. I'm sorry. Sugar rush. Done. You've won that person. You're friends again. There's unity again. There's harmony again. It's all good in the hood. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again. So that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Then it's time, if, they don't, if it don't work out, take someone else with you. Let's try and get some mediation in this thing. Come along, let's deal, let's deal with this thing. But we still want to deal with it. We don't want to stay in division and disunity. We want to get some agreement. Generally, that works. Last result, though, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church, which is the pastors, the elders. People with a little bit of spiritual authority. And how many of you know there is spiritual authority in church? You have to listen to your leaders. You know why? It's not because we're better than you, but we've gone a little bit further than you. And sometimes we know the routes that you haven't taken yet. And we can show you a way that you don't, maybe, maybe don't know yet. And it can help to bring a situation to a successful conclusion. But then if he or she won't accept the church's decision... Treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. <laughs> In today's terminology, treat them like a, a traffic warden. <laughs> Someone's got to do the job. But the fact is that wherever different people gather together, there's going to be different opinions flying around. 
And Jesus basically shows them and us that the way to the way to deal with disagreements in a healthy way, watch this, is first to, to come to understand what we agree on. If you can agree with someone else and understand what you agree on, there's a commonality, there's a common ground that is going to hold you together so that you can then have a healthy discussion on some of the peripheral things that you disagree about. Agreement's powerful. Solves a lot of problems. But if you can't agree with the, the, the person that offended you and they won't change their actions after trying all the options, then don't feel like you have to fellowship with them. Are you with me? Just don't have nothing to do with them. It's cool. You don't want to necessarily let toxicity in your life. You don't have to do that. But you've got to try all the options first. You've got to do it in the order that Jesus wants it. In fact, the next verses show what can happen to someone when an agreement is reached about their behavior. They're not having it. It's not working. And then they can be disconnected from fellowship. There's lots of people who want to leave churches these days. Some people, God takes them out. They can keep their salvation, but it won't be good for them for a time. Verse 18, it says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid or bind on earth will be forbidden in heaven or bound in heaven. What you permit or loose on earth will be permitted in heaven. And this is in the context of church discipline. And that's the power of agreement with God when you're dealing with people who are peacetakers. See? Some of you got some strange thinking. <laughs> people that cause division in the church, sometimes God deals with that. God deals with it. And all this is hammered on when Jesus says these next words. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. He says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. And it shows the power of agreement. It shows the power of agreement on anything that God wants to do amongst his community. But it's not just about two or three people agreeing about something random and then God has to do it. It's not like you, after the service, you're going to get with a group of people, come and agree with me that I'm going to get a new BM. Come and agree with me that I'm going to get that promotion to a job that I'm useless at. Come and agree with me that I'm going to get the most beautiful-looking man. Because men can be beautiful. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Brother's laughing at the back. Someone told him once, you're not pretty, but you're not ugly. You're in between. Pretty ugly. Now he's like, I'm beautiful. But Jesus finishes his lesson by saying this in verse 20. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them. Now watch this. This is not an excuse for people not to be part of church. The amount of people that use that throughout lockdown and beyond that, you know what, I'm done with church. I'm just going to go in my house, me and my wife and my dog, two or three of us, we're going to start our own fellowship. It's okay. It's not that. This is not that. It's not about that. This is about when two or three people are gathered together talking about church unity, talking about agreement, talking about getting some harmony. He says, I'm there back in the play. You, I, you have the weight of me behind this decision. Right? 
It's not about let's not do church, let's not be part of church. It's not even about I'm offended, let me leave the church. Because you can either change your attitude or you can change your address. But you've got to understand that where you go doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to change in that. Where you are is not going to necessarily change who you are. You've still got to take responsibility of yourself, regardless of your environment. In a nutshell, Jesus is revealing a key to having real spiritual power and includes being in agreement with other believers. And that's for the sake of peace, but it also has to be in agreement with God and his will because that's where the power comes. The power of heaven then comes and just blesses things. And uh, heaven's not just somewhere we go after we die. I don't know if you know that. There's a lot of people in Christianity think that heaven's somewhere you go when you die. You know, heaven is here right now. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is embracing us. Heaven is trying to impact our lives. Everything that is birthed in heaven emanates and manifests on earth. It starts in the heavenly realm. It's, it's alive right now. But the problem is, when sin came into the world, the connection between the heavenly realm, the celestial realm, and the earthly terrestrial realm was broken. It was closed. It was shut. And therefore, we were just able to live an earthly life, but weren't able to connect with the heavenly life. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to open up the door, to reconnect us. Jesus came and died as a human. Didn't die as an angel. He died as a human. So that humanity could become connected once more with God. And heaven is present. The opposite to the, the reality of heaven is the world of senses. And that's the world that we live in quite often. We touch, we feel, we see, we hear, right? We taste. And that's how we live. And we let our, 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 our senses rule us more often than not. And then our emotions, our soul starts ruling us. How many of you have ever made a stupid emotional decision? How many of you have made a stupid sensual decision? It feels good. It looks good. It tastes good. That chocolate tastes good. How many of you know it's going to put a, put a little bit of weight on you if you keep eating it too much? Right? It tastes good. It looks good. How many of you know some people look at stuff that they shouldn't be looking at? And then they wonder why their minds are messed up. So we live in the world of the senses. But heaven is equally as real as earth. In fact, more so. Heaven's more real. You know, I imagine being in heaven and all the colors are like brighter. All the smells are stronger. All the tastes are better. Hallelujah. The reality, the knowledge of yourself and who you are and who God is, is, is just clearer. Heaven is better than this. Amen. Praise God what joy it is. Walking in the streets of solid gold, living in a land where I never grow old. Amen. One of them old school songs. Bev, you remember that one from back in the day. Elaine remembers that one. Hallelujah. Some of our younger, younger ladies. Amen. Mature in years, but young in spirit. Amen. They've got some moves. But Jesus was saying the doors between these two worlds are now open through him. And the thing is this. 
when you agree with God and his word, you line up the two realities. And all of a sudden, heaven starts to be released on earth. All of a sudden, God's power starts to be released in your life. All of a sudden, you are lining up the two equations. You're lining up your reality on earth with God's reality on heaven. And God's reality in heaven always does more for you on earth than anything you can do for yourself. That's where transformation comes. That's where blessing comes. But you've got to be in agreement. It's no good singing your own song. No good doing your own thing. You've heard me say it before, it's like turning on a shower and then laying in bed and complaining you ain't getting wet. You've got to agree to be in the right place, in the right space, in the right zone. Is everyone still with me? And that's what the word amen means. Amen. It literally means let it be, let it be so. In other words, it's basically saying I agree with what's just been said. Amen? All right, you agree. See, we've got some common ground. We're on the same page. So what does agreement look like in reality? The word agree in our scripture is the Greek word symphoneo. Symphoneo. It's where we get the word symphony. And what it means is to sound together, to be in unison, to be in accord. Six times it's used. It's used to harmonize with, to agree with, to make agreement, to agree. And it's where we get this word symphony, which is an orchestral arrangement consisting of different sections. String section. You've got bass section, brass section, woodwind, percussion. You've even got someone playing the triangle. And the thing is this, these, these symphonies, symphonal orchestras, there's lots of different individual people, 30 to 100 people, right? All individuals, all playing their own instruments, but in sections. Every different individual instrument plays together in harmony off the same song sheet at the right timing, following the lead of the same conductor. That's where you get beautiful music. Otherwise, you get chaos. In musical terms, when they're all working together, all these individuals, you've got black people and white people and brown people. You've got young people and old people. You've got people that come from addiction and people that have never been addicted to anything. You've got business owners and you've got, you got, you got people that are still signing on. You've got people in the healthcare and you've got people that need healthcare. Young and old and in and out and up and down. People with different accents, different mindsets, different upbringings. All bringing together their unique thing to the party. All coming together, but when it's working together, there's a beautiful sound. Everyone's heart starts beating together in the same rhythm. And in musical terms, this is called consonance. Consonance. But the opposite of consonance is dissonance. Dissonance. I read this explanation of these concepts. Consonance and dissonance are categorizations of simultaneous or successive sounds. Try saying that with one tooth. <laughs> Amen. Simultaneous successive sound. Within the Western tradition, some listeners associate consonants with sweetness, pleasantness, and acceptability. When you're together, there's a sweet, sweet sound in the atmosphere. Come on now. There's a, there's a feeling of togetherness. There's, it's, it's pleasant. 
Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in harmony. That's Hebrew. Amen. Beautiful. You forget stuff, don't you? You forget your drama for a little bit. You forget your problems for a little bit. In fact, you might even get some solutions in the presence of God like that. But the opposite of it, dissonance, is associated with harshness, unpleasantness, unacceptability. And that's the difference between agreement and disagreement. It's the difference between us coming together in harmony and us being in disharmony. There's a difference in the atmosphere. There's a difference in what it brings. There's a difference that agreement brings that is beneficial. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. It's okay to have your opinion. Everyone's got an opinion, just the same as everyone has an armpit. And some of them smell. Some opinions stink. But we've all got one. We're all allowed to have one. But not all of them needs to be brought out at the same time. I heard a story by a guy and he, he went to a play. Simon Sinek, this leader, Simon Sinek, who's a leadership guru, right? And he was talking about, about not necessarily, he's talking about the truth, being honest. He said, but you don't have to do it right now. He said he went to this play, he was invited to this play, he went there by a friend of his, and she was starring in this play, and he said it was the worst thing he's ever watched. He said it was horrible, he said it was terrible, he said it stunk, it was useless. He said, he said if it wasn't for her being in it, he would have got up and walked out. And then afterwards, he's in the lobby with her family and her friends, and she comes out, still in makeup, and she comes up to him and says, oh, how are you doing, it's great you're here, what do you think of the play? And he's an honest guy. He don't want to lie. Some of you would lie. Oh, it's wonderful. You've just done the work of the devil. Understand that. When you lie, you're speaking his language. But he said it wouldn't have made sense to speak the truth right then because of all of her emotion. And all of it, she was jacked up on adrenaline, he said. She was emotional. She was full of it. She'd just come out of it. She was nervous. And so what he said was, he said it was great to be here. It was so good to see you doing what it is you've loved to do all this time. He said he wasn't lying. He said, but he left the truth until another time. When she could be more objective. When she weren't subjectively in it. When she weren't right filled up with emotion. Come on somebody. And the next day they met for coffee. And then when she was... Karma, out of makeup. Then he said to her, can we talk about your performance? Can we talk about the play? She said, yeah. And then he said, it's done. <laughs> she said, I know. <laughs> but if he'd have said that when she was jacked up on adrenaline and full of emotion, it could have kicked off. There would have been dissonance. There would have been disagreement. Why? Because you have to be sensitive as well. That's the difference between agreement and disagreement. And the results of agreement are powerful. But agreement can only come when two differences come together. Are you with me? 
It's not the same power when you're just the same agreeing. It's like a woman and a man, an XX and an XY, when they come together, a child is birthed. Right? Two differences coming together in agreement. A child is birthed. When believers come together in an agreement, a church is birthed. Powerful thing is birthed. So, let's finish off with this. Are you still with me? Yeah. Are you getting some stuff? Yeah. Can you say amen? Yeah. All right, we're on the same page. Our hearts are beating together in rhythm. What are some things we can agree on? Because if we can agree on some key things together, then all of our disagreements can be easily solved. We're always going to have disagreements upon decor, upon sound, upon different stuff, timings, and all that. We're always going to have disagreements. Like what we wear, what we look like, what we do, what we... But when we can agree on some stuff, then all of a sudden there is a power that is released. There is peace amongst us and there is a power from heaven. So first of all, let's, let's agree. I'm going to say these things. If you agree on it, say amen or amen. There is one creator God existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. So he's one in being, three in persons. Amen? One creator God existing in three persons. Right? One in being, three in person. We agree on that? God is good and he is a loving God. You've got to agree on this because sometimes things are going to be hard in your walk. Sometimes you ain't going to get what you want. Sometimes you, your prayers don't seem to be answered. Sometimes it seems that you're not on the same page with everyone else. And sometimes we can say, well, why didn't I get that parking space? How comes I lost my job? Why did that person not like me? And you can start saying, well, God's not good. Because there's a spiritual realm around us that wants dissonance. And the thing is, God has got 90, I think, there's a lot of people that don't believe in him. Right? And he's already got them not to believe in God. But what about the people that do believe in God? If he can't stop you believing that there is a God, he will try to stop you from believing that that God is good. And if he can do that, then you're never going to get involved in his ministry. You're never going to make disciples. You ain't going to invite no one to church because you're afraid that they're going to come in and meet this God that challenges their reality, that doesn't always do what they want. But God is always good. Even when situations look bad, even when you don't feel good, God is good. God is good. Amen? Can we agree that Jesus has the same nature as God the Father and the Holy Spirit? That Jesus is God. And he's human as well. He's both. Praise God. Hallelujah. That means that there are humans in heaven. Can we agree that we need Jesus to be our saviour? Because he's perfect and we're not. Can we agree on that? All right, we're doing good, man. Can you feel your heart begin to beat? Touch the person next to you and see if they feel like the same as you, man. It's like, do 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 Come on, come on. Do-do, do-do. There's some, there's some, there's some heartbeats that are the same across this place. We're getting there. The heartbeat is getting closer together. Hallelujah. In a minute, when we finish, it's going to go Can we agree that we need the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our counselor, and our guide for life? Yeah. 
because he knows all things and we don't. Can we agree that we believe the church is God's idea? The church is God's idea. It might look different in different forms, but having a community of believers that come together in one place at one time and different times throughout the week and throughout your life, that is God's idea. Community, not just individuality. Can we agree? It's all about community, not just individuality. Amen, all right, praise God. Can we agree that all of us are unique and valuable? Turn around, look at someone, say, you are unique. I just said, tell someone you are unique. Don't say you've got a big nose. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying your nose is big, someone said to me once, but I wouldn't mind it filled with pound coins. We're all unique. And we all have a part to play in learning and growing together. That's discipleship. That's how God disciples us. That's how he grows us. Can we agree that Jesus wants us to act like him and continue to do what he started doing? Can we agree on that? Amen? Can we agree that it's really, really hard to be a disciple alone? That's why God gives us a community to belong to. Can we agree on that? How many of you have tried to walk this walk alone? How many of you have tried to be saved on your own? How many of you have messed up because of that? How many of you found it difficult, lonely, right? That's why God brought us together. Can we agree that God's people are responsible to take care of God's church? That was a really quiet amen. Because sometimes Christians think that the, the, the government's taking care of the church. Or that there's this big headquarters in the sky somewhere that pays for every bill. Or that angels come down when we pray with bits of heavenly pavement under their arm. Because the streets are made of gold in heaven, amen. So they just dig up a piece of pavement and they just bring it down and lay it outside the church doors on a Monday morning. Angels' wings sweep the altar. We don't have vacuum cleaners in the church. We have angels with great big trumpets that don't blow, they suck. When they're not blowing the trumpet, they're sucking all the dust up. God's people. God's people are doing the cameras. God's people are doing the worship. God's people are doing the media. God's people open the doors. God's people ushered you in. God's people are here worshipping. God's people do the cleaning. God's people do the admin. God's people pay the bills. God's people give. God's people help. God's people serve because it's God's church. We agree on that, huh? All right, last one. Can we agree that God's people are to take a stand against injustice? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes it seems that God's people like hiding in churches whilst the world goes crazy. Sometimes it feels that there are issues and situations outside in the world that God's people don't speak up on. And I'm not just talking about injustice is not just when, when someone spoke to you in a way you didn't like. Or you feel that you could have been treated better. That's not injustice. That's not what we're talking about. Don't speak to the person, deal with it. That's just loads of people coming together. That's just normal life. I'm talking about racism. 
I'm talking about sex slavery. That's what I'm talking about. Injustice. I'm talking about abuse in all of its forms. People don't deserve to be treated differently because of the color of their skin. Can we agree on that? Everyone deserves an equal starting point in life. Right? Equal opportunity. Not equal outcome. That's where it goes mad. Equal opportunity. Everyone should start from the same point. No one deserves to be a sex slave for some perverted group that hides behind their religion or hides behind their, their position in society. No one deserves that. That's unjust. No one deserves to be abused. Nor women, nor men. And sometimes now it's all got weird where you say something wrong to someone, it's abuse. Where you disagree with someone's peripheral position or lifestyle choice, and all of a sudden that's abuse. That's ridiculous. Abuse is when people get beaten and hurt and injured. And the church needs to stand up for that. We stand up against addiction in this church. We stand up against sex slavery in this church. We stand against racism in this church. Look around you. Amen? Right? Do we agree that the church is the moral compass for society? But if we don't agree on that, how's the heartbeat going to change? This world culture system pervades everything. Do we agree that it's unjust that people should be living in poverty in, in, in the UK? Living in poverty. Are you with me? Can't, they have to choose between whether they heat or eat. That's ridiculous in today's society. An addiction, social bullying. We've got to stand up against social bullying. You know what social bullying is? That's when they all come against you from one little, you know, loud shouting group to stop you from having an opinion. And yeah, you, you know, once again, our opinions need to be sensitive. But social bullying, cancel culture, that's ridiculous. Are you with me? Murder. Murder. Put down a knife. Put down a gun. We're seeing kids get killed in Liverpool. Glasgow, people are dying. Manchester, people getting shot and stabbed. London, postcode wars. What? You want to kill someone and then do 30 years in jail because of a few letters on some, sticking up for some estate where all the houses are rotten. It's ridiculous. But we have to agree, man, that instead of fighting about what someone said to you, or fighting about no one likes me and all that old nonsense, let's start really coming together in agreement of the big things, dealing with the little disagreements in the way that Jesus said, so that we can start standing for the big things, and we can start having peace amongst ourselves, but then we're backed with the power of God to make us stand in this dark world as the light of Jesus Christ. So I don't know about you. I think... We need to start to understand a little bit more about agreement. We need to start working towards agreement. You need to start, if you're in a program right now for addiction, you need to start agreeing with the person that is doing that program 
who might not be perfect, but has probably gone further than you have, and he's given you the steps to get you out of your addiction. You need to start agreeing that some of the things that, that they say to you and some of the things that you have to do might not necessarily be comfortable, but they're the things that got people out of addiction. Because if you knew all the answers, you wouldn't be a junkie or an addict. You know the difference between an addict and a junkie? An addict sits in a room with other people telling them who they are and how long they've been addicted. The junkie's out scoring. <laughs> but we need to agree, man. We need to agree. We need to sing one song at the same time. Follow one conductor. Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. Let's, agree, let's, let's agree to keep pressing on, to finish well, to not cut out. Let's agree to do our best. Let's agree to follow God in the way that God wants us to follow Him. Let's agree that we need to. Let's agree. Let's keep pressing on and let's keep believing for more. Let's not just get in safety. Let's not just hunker down. Let's not bunker up. Let's not just, you know, live, 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 a, live a nice, comfortable life. But let's start pressing on. Let's start pressing in. Let's start saying, you know what? I, 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 I don't know you, man. We've had some issues. But let, let's, let's, let's win some brothers and sisters. Let's, let's, let's talk to some people. If you've been offended, go and deal with that offense. If someone's offended, you try and win them as a friend. They might not become your friend, but you've done everything you can. Then God looks at that and he puts his stamp of approval on you. And then when we agree with God, there is going to be a power that is released. We agree with all these things. Then God says, they're my people. That's my church. There's some action going on down there. I can back that up. I'm coming in power. I'm coming on the clouds. I'm coming with fire. I'm going to see some souls safe because I've got some people down there that I can trust to bring them in, gather them in, work with them. That's when the power of God comes. That's when all of a sudden you start seeing miracles break out. That's when you start seeing lives transform. That's when you start seeing people wake up and say, you know what, I'm lonely, I'm broken, but there is a God, I've heard about Him, I want that. That's when people start looking at you and going, I don't know what it is that you've got, but I've got nothing like that. I want what you have. What is it different about you? And you can say, it's Jesus. Come to my church. Come and meet my friends. May this new year be a year of harvest for us. Father, bring on the wave of your presence. Father, release the reality of heaven on earth. Help us to agree. Help us to agree, help husbands and wives agree that you are number one. And then we can disagree on the number two and number three and number four issues and work on them. It's cool, but let us all agree. Let, let us all agree in church that Jesus, you are the center of it all. Let us all agree that we need each other. Let us all agree that everyone's valuable. Let us all agree that we can't do everything. Let us all agree. Come on, stand to your feet with me right now.
We're going to finish in a song of worship. But I want us to I want us to worship together. I think God's going to do something. I think God's going to do something. Would you come out and stand with us here at this altar and worship with us? Because I really believe that God wants to do something powerful. I believe God wants to splice our heartbeats. I believe that God wants to get some rhythm going. I believe that God wants to touch you in a way you maybe haven't been touched for a while. I believe that God wants to help you bring peace with people and He wants you to understand, know, and be released in His power. I believe the power of God's going to flow. Come on, come and fill this place up. And let's worship together. One heart, one mind, one accord, one rhythm, one song. Fill your heartbeat. Come into that place with God where all your individual problems melt away for a minute. Some of them might come back, but some of them might not come back at all. I've come to altars before in churches and conferences where I'm worshipping the Lord and there's brothers and sisters all around me and I'm agreeing with them that God is good and I'm amen in the words of the songs and I come with all sorts of issues and I come to the altar with fears and pain and challenges and sometimes I'm just there at the altar and I just feel my heart beating and I feel my life shifting and some of the things begin to melt away. Some of my fears begin to go. Some of my doubts begin to go. Some of my challenges don't look like that big anymore. In the presence of an almighty God, my mountains look like molehills. And then you leave that place and you leave that altar and you're different. Sometimes your problem and your challenge is there, but you look at it now and go, bah, you ain't that big. You ain't that scary. You ain't that tough. Have you seen the size of my God? And I don't know about you, but it happens when we come together and we worship Him together. Come on, lift up your hands and just begin to tell Him you love Him. Lift up your hands and begin to say, God, I agree with this. I agree with you. I agree, oh God. I agree with you. I agree with your word. I agree with what you're doing in my life. I agree, oh God. Come on, let's make a beautiful sound. Victory Outreach Manchester is a family in the city and we are here for you. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website, vomanchester.org.uk for more information.